everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality, the self, the deep down basic whatever there is, and you're all that, only you're pretending you're not. Who we are is not this physical body that we're in that is here for a moment and gone. Who we are is this infinite intelligence, and we forget that. The same intelligence that, is, that created this infinite universe that never ends is you. To those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every now moment, to redefine our reality to live this life to its fullest, this is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every single day. Are you living? Or are you killing time? What's going on, people? Welcome back. It has been way too long since I've been on the microphone, especially solo, and I know I say that way too often in the progress of this show, but uh, here I am, I'm back at it. Just a little update on what's been going on in Heath's world now that our never-ending winter has officially ended. I, I've been spending a ton of time out on my new property that we purchased in the late fall of 21 and started clearing some space and making room on this gorgeous wooded lot, uh, kind of just cleaning it up, making it a little bit more navigable. But we have some plans to expand, live this life's endeavors, and actually the podcast owns the property. So um, that's where I've been spending a lot of my time. I've, I've been working on the podcast, but not so much on the microphone recording stuff, and I've been really absent on social media, but um, things have been super busy in, in the political endeavors that I'm into as chairman of the board. Uh, I'm, I'm standing up against a couple of things that I, I perceive as some an unethical behavior happening in our region. So uh, my term actually ends in a couple of weeks, and I was contemplating not doing it anymore. I have a lot of things with the show and everything else that I want to make my focus. And it's really hard when so many things are going on. And um, I wasn't going to rerun, but I'm being sort of tugged back into it. And I know if I don't take care of some stuff, it could just go back in the opposite direction. So um, I won't bore you with all those details because really it's less than glamorous, but um, it's a small part of what my life is all about as far as the the endeavors I want to do in life. It's a big part of my focus right now, but um, really trying to balancing, uh, trying to balance everything else out in my life. And that's just one small piece. Um, but the biggest part, you know, doing things with the family and as things are getting nicer, uh, want to get out there and explore and be outside. Um, and the, the endeavors of, of what live this life and all the things that we have going on here uh, have really become a big focus. You know, we have some new partnerships. We we've redone the recording studio. It's not just the the corner of my den anymore. I actually have some new equipment, and everything has been in disarray. And um, it's just been in a, a period of expansion and growth. And sometimes that comes with some chaos all mixed in. So uh, either way, back at it, back in the studio. Got a lot of things lined up. Have a lot of new guests and, and a whole bunch of new subjects coming up in the next few months. So that's really exciting. And I guess where I'm at today is I'm going to jump off on today's episode with all of these things surrounding me and what the world is sort of projecting onto my life at the moment, since that's usually what I'm inspired to talk about is, you know, what bubbles up in my life is usually what ends up on the microphone. So here I am, I'm going to talk about this one, the ghost of you. 
And what do I mean by the ghost of you? Well, we're going to jump into all that in a second. Um, you know, I guess what, what kicked it off for me is this, this subject of, of sort of where do we disappear to? Where do we lose ourselves sometimes? The, the ghost of us. And that's not so much just where our state of being is, but it's also sort of what our state of living is. And that's what's inspired me about this one. And, uh, you know, you, you hear people talk about all the time that you go down these rabbit holes when you start to dive into certain things. And I guess that stems from an Alice in Wonderland sort of uh, comparable. Like people are people are using that as the metaphor of, of the different tumbles that Alice took when she went down the rabbit hole. So th that reminds me, though, of one of the most poignant scenes that I saw in a version of Alice in Wonderland, not the one I think most of us are, are used to, not the cartoon one, but it was the scene where she was uh, talking with the caterpillar that, you know, that keeps blowing the smoke rings at her with different words. And he keeps on saying over and over, just like in the cartoon version, who are you? And in this particular version that I happened to see, this was a few months ago, she replied, Alice. And the caterpillar said, no, no, that's your name. Who are you? And she said where she was from, and she's Alice from so-and-so. And every time she gave an answer, he said, no, 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 that's where you're from. Who are you? Implying who is the you under that name, under who you identify as, all that. Who are you? And it wasn't until I saw that version that it really, it, it was a different version I'd ever seen before. And it really made me ponder a lot of like, wow, okay, that's something we wouldn't get as kids. And sometimes we don't even get it as adults. But then when you start to, you know, you look at things like the Matrix, there's a lot of Alice in Wonderland uh, comparisons. So it starts to make you pay a little bit more attention to these, these things that maybe were philosophical all along, and they just kind of went over our heads until we dive a little bit deeper. We go down that rabbit hole. So there I am thinking, you know, who am I? Who is the I underneath all of these things that I have going on in life? What is the real you? You know, not that outer shell that you developed from everything that's going on in the world around you and sort of what the world makes of you. Who are you? So that's where I'm kicking this one off today is what is the ghost of you? You know, the ghost of you that can sometimes get lost or the ghost of you that you project onto the world. So in my life, here I am talking about all the busyness that I've got going on and in the busyness of this crazy world we all live in. We always have our mind elsewhere. We are thinking in the past constantly, and we're thinking in the future, and we're, we're just thinking, thinking, thinking constantly. We have this projection of who we think we are, who we're supposed to be, you know, how we're, we're showing up to the world, who we're constantly being, 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 and who, you know, what we're constantly doing, 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 that we rarely ever exist in any real state of the term state of being. Think about that. What is your state of being? And too often times, too often in time, we are in a state of constant hecticness, busyness, disarray, survival, moving from one thing to the next. We don't ever really just get to sit and be in whatever state of being that gets us to a point where we get to actually resonate with something that makes us happy and 
congruent with with what maybe we want in life. And then we wonder why things show up in life that we don't want. It's really a stark realization if you think about it. How little do we actually approach our lives in a true state of being? I want to present some interesting concepts for you in this episode. Some things that may completely change the way that you perceive your life and your state of being. And it may be a very unconventional way of viewing our existence. It may shake things up for you quite a bit. Now, none of the things that you really place in such a high regard in your life, the things you stress out about, the things that you focus so much on, so many of those things really don't exist. So many of the things you place on such a pedestal in your existence are not actually real, if you think about it. I mean, really, we put all this importance on on something like money. Well, money really doesn't exist. It's something that we have made up. It's really, it's not real. It's a concept. It's an idea that we just all happen to agree upon. Like like time, really. You know, time is is even more important. It's actually more valuable than money would be. You can't put a dollar amount on time, even though a lot of people put a dollar amount on our time. We spend 40 plus hours a week doing something for a certain piece of value that neither one really can exist. You can't really hold on to either one. It's just something we've all just agreed upon. Time is, you know, nothing more than a place that certain hands end up on a piece of time measurement that we've created. And I've got whole episodes about this. That's It's a way deeper subject that we want to jump down on. But both of the concepts of money and time are just something we have agreed upon, really. But we just run on autopilot. We just sort of exist with that state of agreeance that we've had that this thing is worth this and you know this amount of time is this measurement all the stuff that we just take for granted we're conditioned by our society to put all this weight on these things like time and money you know i need to make more money so i need to put in this x amount more time you know time is running out i need to hurry up and get married and have kids and get that degree and get my life completely figured out so i can participate in this illusion of how someone said my life is supposed to be it's something that's a standard set by other people who a lot of the time the a lot of the people who say we need to live this way live a certain way that they don't seem fulfilled themselves. It's a crazy cycle that we just feed into. That sounds insane when you think of it that way, doesn't it? It literally sounds nuts that we're living lives with sort of an urgency for things that in all re reality, A, either don't exist at all the way that we perceive them, or B, are things that really are not of importance to us. Rather, they're important to other people. So we place value in them too because we all just agree on this thing, like a piece of paper that's worth something. I can trade this piece of paper in for something that I can eat. We just happen to agree upon that or a place on a calendar that was made up by us in the last few hundred years and we just agree that it's accurate and this is the way we're going to measure something called time. It, it all sounds ridiculous when you actually step back and look at the grander picture, when you, when you unplug and step back and ponder it all. But to step back and contemplate all this, you have to just become more than that person on autopilot. And it, it isn't hard at all, really, by, by, I guess, hearing this episode, you're, you're starting to go down that road there. You know, you have uh, somebody who maybe can call you out on, on something like this. You know, maybe you're too much on autopilot to even realize 
that you're doing it, that you're not pondering these things. You may have been autopilot uh, on autopilot for years and decades and maybe your entire life. You have just been in this state of societal conformity that equals an autopilot. But when someone, I guess, who's already in that state of pondering these things, uh, you know, philosopher, someone who's sort of already aware of that state of being or their own state of being mentions it to you and you become aware of it. It's almost like, like when you're cruising down the highway at a high, uh, you know, you're going at a high rate of speed and you're going down the highway and you see a speed limit sign and it pops up and makes you look down and check your speed, you know, or even worse, you see that car with the blue lights on it. You surely become aware of your speed at that point, but you need something to point that out to you. And the same goes for the state of your being, your state of your awareness. When someone who is aware of all of these things and, and has observed this themselves, you know, they're the thinker of the thoughts and they realize it. And you discover that yourself, you know, where you become the discoverer of, of there's more to the state of being that I've been in. You know, you're the knower of the known information. When you can put the brakes on, you can slow down that car flying down the highway. You slow down and you can kind of see the road signs a little bit more. You can see that road of life and you can see that it does have a much more beautiful view. When you think about it, you're going down the highway and, and what do you get? You know, billboards and guardrails, right? And then when you get off and you take the back roads, it's so much more picturesque. It's, it's sort of the same thing in life. It's the equivalent of the exit ramp to that highway when you step back and just unthink and unplug from all of these things going on that are constantly vying for your attention. You realize that to get there, you have to just unthink once in a while to get yourself out of the frame of mind. Every once in a while, it's, it's hard at first. It's hard to even think of it because it's a state of mind that many of us aren't even used to or don't even know that it exists. We don't even realize it. But then you allow yourself to have the ability once in a while to be you. Like what the caterpillar was asking Alice, who are you? And when you allow yourself to get to that you, that true you, not the ghost of you, but the true you, then life starts to make a little bit more sense. You start to figure out who you are a little bit more. The ghost of you that the world sees is not you. You know, like picture that movie Beetlejuice from back in the 80s. You know, they had to, uh, the, the ghosts in the movie, they had to throw on the sheets over themselves to be seen by the living. Most people have that sheet over themselves so the world can see them because there's nothing true down at their core. The ghost of you is that sheet over your head that, that the world can see. To be seen by the world, you feel like you have to put something over yourself. All those false things that you've put on so the world can notice you. Whatever title it is, whatever things you feel are valuable so that people will notice you, whatever Facebook posts and Instagram posts and all the other stuff, all those things that you try to throw on you, are those the true you or is it just a facade that you're trying to put on? When you stop and you can unthink, you're gonna realize that there is nowhere to be and no one to please, really. And it's it's just an amazing place to be. And it doesn't just happen all at once either. It is a definite process. It comes with practice. It comes with care and attention toward that effort. And you have to be consistent with it. But when you get to a place of, of just 
pure unthinking for just a moment when you get a taste of it for the very first time and it becomes something that you've experienced and you incorporate it you get a taste for it you know it's something that you just can't ever unfeel ever again and that thirst for that unthinking moment is something that you'll strive for you'll never forget it and honestly you can't get enough of it once you get there because you just realize how much quieter and simpler life can be once you've gotten there i mean think about the modern lives that we live now it's a constant vie for our attention you know it's it's a constant vie for of communication and and a constant demand a constant doing it's something we're always being tugged on from every direction how often do you get to sit and just determine what's going to be underneath that ghost sheet that you throw over yourself for the world to see? If the answer is ever in favor of what the world wants to see of you and not your projection onto the world, then you're always going to just be a ghost of yourself. And you're never going to be the truest substantive version of what you could and should be. You need to be the projector, not the projector screen. You need to show the world what you are going to project onto it and not what it is going to project onto you. You know, you gotta ask yourself, are you just the screen playing the movie? Are you the projector screen that the world is projecting and you're just basically showing the reflection of what the world wants to project onto you? What is dictating you to be, you know, how you're going to show up? Or are you the creator of the movie and the universe is your screen, the world around you is your projector screen? Are you projecting a version of you onto the world or are you letting the world project it onto you? If you aren't projecting onto the world, you need to start. I mean, because when people feel the most lost in their life, this is usually the state that they're in. They, they took off the sheet maybe at one point in their life and they looked in the mirror and they didn't see a reflection. And that happens a lot. That happens with people like myself. I, I had to step out of a career path that I identified with so much and sort of reinvent myself. I see this actually happen with uh, women. I hear them talk about this a lot on Clubhouse where they need to find themselves after they sort of have the empty nest they've identified as being a mom and a caretaker for so long. And then they get put in that place where they're no longer that role. And they haven't really had the, the breathing room to discover who they are and they have a whole different phase of life at that point and I, I i've been there i think to a lesser degree but a lot of people who have been in this sort of place discover a whole new version of themselves now sometimes we can end up with a dark night of the soul and that can break us down into this state where we just don't have anything left and we have to rebuild ourselves. And I won't get too much into that because one of my guests coming up is, is got a great story about the dark night of the soul. We're gonna have an awesome conversation about that one. But that is one of the places that you can get broken down to where you'll really figure out what you are and what you are not and you build back from there. It's a very difficult place to be. But you need to really think about how you are projecting onto the world. Even if the percentage that you're projecting yourself in your waking time is spent 51% developing the truest you and 49% navigating the world, at least you're spending a larger portion of your life projecting the truest version of yourself and you can work from there. And you're not just the ghost of what the world wants you to be. Where your attention goes, energy flows. So don't let 
the majority of your waking time go into feeding the side of you that is not the truest you. Turn the tide. But you have to be consistent with it and you have to be conscious of it all. You have to be conscious and aware. You have to be purposeful and have a purposeful way of approaching life in that specific way to get to that destination. And when you clear your mind of thoughts, you clear yourself of the distractions that surround you and you become in tune with what is, you know, the, the what is that is at the heart of your truest self, like a tuning fork. So you can actually take a tuning fork uh, if you take a couple of them and you can actually ring one of them without even touching it. If you ring one tuning fork near another that is the same sort of frequency and makeup, you can strike one physically against something to make it ring. And if you put it near the other one, you will actually make it ring as well just from its general resonance and vibration. You don't even have to physically touch it to make it ring. That's science, that's physics. And that should show you really all of the, the all you need to know about your own potential and this concept of becoming silent and tuning into something because you will be it to see it. You will start to ring like that tuning fork when you can silence the world and figure out sort of where you want to resonate in this world. And there's so many catchphrases that that touch on this, you know, be it to see it, um, you know, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Uh, all those affirmations, the I am statements, you know, I am that I am. It, whatever you say you're going to be is what you will be. And too often we don't get ourselves to that silent state to figure out I am this, I am that. You're often letting the world dictate what that's going to be for you. But to be in that state and project yourself onto the world, you must first put yourself in the state of unthinking at least once a day. It's something that needs to be a consistent practice that not many people will dive into or are even aware of the importance of it until they have discovered the importance of it and they can't live without it. But when you start, you start to get those quiet spaces where you can start to imagine again. You can start to be creative. You start to realize that this ghost, this white sheet that the world can see, you know, the one that, that the world has projected onto you, that, that sheet that you become the projector screen of, um, it's not typically fun from the underside of the sheet. It's the world that gets to see the show and not really us that gets to see the show. We're the projector screen. We're reflecting that onto the world. If I can't really see myself because I'm never really stepping out to view myself and what I can see is only what the world views of me, it becomes a very shallow version of who we are. So if you don't like the way the world sees you, you need to change the projection. And that silence brings you back to a state of, of creation. It brings you back to a state of possibility and potential, which is really like the state of a child. Jesus said in the Bible that we can only get into heaven if we are in the state of being a child again. Well, what are child typically doing? They, they are creating that world around them. Their imagination is constantly running an overdrive. Why? Be, because they're making the world as, as fun, as interesting as it can be. You know, remember, remember when you were a kid, you do certain things like um, the lava that was your living room floor, right? And you'd jump from couch to couch without touching the floor. That was as real as ever in the minds of a kid. And 
we are never really in any danger at that point, but it was still just as exhilarating as doing the real thing. That's how kids live. They live in that state of fun and imagination and uh, a perceived danger is nothing more than a game. Well, think about what danger you're really in if you become more than the ghost of that you that the world sees. None really, but the world, so many people in this world are scared of what might be under that sheet because it's not what the world maybe wants to see. Is it really something worth being scared of? Are, are you scared of what might be there? Uh, are you scared of that there might not be anything there at all to look underneath that sheet? Are you actually going to fall in that lava if you start imagining things again? You know, you use your imagination in life as an adult. Are you really in any sort of danger? No, you weren't when you were a kid. It would have been absur uh, absurd to think that if you fell off the couch as a kid, you'd be boiled alive in the lava. Well, it's no different as an adult to avoid becoming the truest version of you for the fear of whatever you think you're afraid of. Why are you afraid to be the truest version of yourself? Why are you afraid to step out and be more than what the world wants to project on you? It's no more ridiculous or less ridiculous to think that the version of you that you're afraid to be is dangerous, but we're so afraid of being that truest version sometimes. And I, it, it still boggles me. I'm not sure why we do it. I'm not sure why I'd done it at certain times in my life, but it's no more ridiculous than thinking you're going to fall off that couch as a kid and actually get hurt in a significant way. Yet we're still afraid of that unknown. We're still afraid to step out of that ghost of what the world projects, that ghost, that empty sheet that we sometimes appear as to the world. I think the real insanity is continuing to be that ghost. The insanity really is to be someone that the world really can't see the truest version of that people live in a constant state of wonder and I guess mystery as to what their truest self really is underneath that sheet that they're hiding under. It can be hard, you know, which is sometimes why we turn to people who have been there, I guess. Um, I know this for a fact, you know, this is how I got to the place that I am because I've turned to people who have gone through similar circumstances, who were knowledgeable in this area. It's because I, I had one of those really tough places to come from. I, I was in a career path where people are, were always telling me how to act, what to do. Um, so what did I do? I turned toward people who would walk the walk. And it led me to a road that really helped me discover myself again in my own way. But there really is a danger in that. Placing your faith too much in a person as, as a mentor, you know, whether it's a, a priest or a guru, you know, they can sometimes take their ideas and project themselves onto you, all their philosophies and concepts. And that just becomes a little bit too strict and stringent. And you're just becoming another projector screen for another set of philosophies. You can almost become too reliant on their words and their guidance, and you become what they say you should be at that point. So it's good to learn from certain people and sort of learn how to break free of your life and, and interpret people's advice in a certain way. But you have to leave it at that and nothing more. You have to interpret everything for yourself. And some of those 
in the know, whether you call them a spiritual teacher, guru, father, mother, whatever, some of them will make you believe that determination of what happens to you and for you it's all determined on some sort of a divine plan and you know maybe that's true but you are the divine plan in my opinion you know the, the plan is to let you come here and have the free will to determine what direction you want to go that's the divine plan and maybe there's some small nudges to help you along the way. The universe throws you certain things like that small sign on the side of the road that maybe most people zip by at 100 miles an hour that they don't pay attention to. You can barely see it, especially if you're going too fast. Uh, and especially if you're not looking for them too, you might zip right by. You might miss the, the road closed sign that says, take this exit or you're going to crash. Um, that could happen. And if that's the case, you might crash. That's it. It, it. it might not be game over, but it might be painful as hell. When we're too busy in life, we sometimes don't pay attention to those small signs and nudges. And, and we don't go in the way that the universe wants us to. And the universe lets us know by the calamities that can sometimes happen, whether it's things that fall out of our life, the dark night of the soul, whatever it is. But your free will is essential to your existence. It always will be, you know, if there's a basic fundamental of your existence, it will be that. I mean, without getting too religious or philosophical, um, really, you think about the question, who controls what happens next, you or God, universe, creator, whatever it is. I can't answer that for you. And neither can a book or a person. Really, only you can. It's what you believe can happen in your life. And just when you think that you're certain about a certain way of, of operating, you have to realize one of the biggest things is that there is no certainty. You need to find out that your philosophies and your opinions and your understandings of the world, and this one's hard to believe, but really everything are uh, is, a, is a falsehood or it's extremely partial. It's one small piece of the potential possibilities of the way that our lives unfold. They really can't be seen. There's no philosophy or book or guru or anything that can be seen as the complete truth or the 100% understanding of it all because that defeats the ultimate purpose of being philosophical. A philosophy is the study of the fundamental nature of reality and knowledge. So unless you really have it all figured out with 100% certainty, which I don't think there's a single person on this planet who's come even close in the history of everything, um, you always have to take all, philosoph all, all philosophies, all philosophical beliefs, faiths, whatever you want to call it. You have to take them all with some degree of factuality that maybe some are a little less factual than others based on your preference, whatever that means to you. But it means you have to take nothing though as a 100% certainty as, as quote unquote, the way it is, you know, because at a certain point, Isaac Newton was the authority on the universe at one time, you know, we as a society believe the world was flat. Some people still do. Uh, we were at one certain point, the center of the universe. Einstein made his laws about how the universe works. Uh, and a lot of those laws are starting to, fall, starting to fall apart as we dig deeper into quantum mechanics. It's all sewing a fabric of the blanket of reality, but we have to constantly take all of it with a grain of salt 
as we just continue to learn. Because when we lean on something too much at a certain time, whether it's that whole ghost of you, that belief system, that projection of who you are, if you weigh too much on it and then something happens where that part of your world crumbles, you tend to crumble as well. But when you're sort of walking on it like thin ice, you don't put a single step down with your full weight. You're always sort of walking lightly and treading lightly. You're less likely to fall through if something does break apart. Does that make sense? I guess um, I'm going to let my favorite philosopher, Alan Watts, dive into this one since a lot of this episode was inspired by uh, this particular talk that I heard him give. So I'm going to let him dive into this one briefly and talk about a few of the ways that we can view that ghost of ourselves. music never has a meaning. And to understand it, you must simply listen to it and observe its beautiful patterns, go into its complexity. So, when your mind, that is to say your verbal systems, get to the end of their tether, that is to say, when they arrive at the meaningless statement, here is the critical point. And the, the method of jnana yoga is to exercise one's intellect to its limits. So that you get to the point where you have no further questions to ask. You can do this in philosophy study if you've got the right kind of teacher who shows you that all philosophical opinions whatsoever are false. Or at least, if not false, extremely partial. And so you feel a kind of intellectual vertigo, which is called in a Zen Buddhist poem, above not a tile to cover the head, below not an inch of ground to stand on. Well, where, where are you then? Well, of course you're where you, you always were. <laughs> You've discovered you're it, and that's very uncomfortable because you can't grab it. See here, I've discovered that whatever it is that I am, and that's not something inside my head, it is just as much out there as it is in here, but whatever it is, I cannot get hold of it. Well, that gives you the heebie-jeebies. You get butterflies in the stomach, uh, anxiety, traumas, and all kinds of things. But this was all explained by Shankara, the great Hindu uh, commentator on the Upanishads, the great master of the non-dualistic doctrine of the, the universe, when he said, that which knows, which is in all beings, the knower, is never an object of its own knowledge. So therefore, to everyone who is in quest, of the supreme kick. <laughs> the great experience. The vision of God. Whatever you want to call it, liberation. When you think that you're not it, any old guru can sell you on a method to find it. And that may not be a bad thing for him to do. Because 
As Blake said, a fool who persists in his folly will become wise. And a clever guru is a person who leads you on. Yeah, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> I've got something very good to show you. Yeah. You just wait. Oh, but you've got to go through a lot of stages yet. I love this one with the Zen poem that says, not a tile above your head and not an inch of the ground to stand on. And that becomes a very difficult and uncomfortable place for a lot of people to be. You aren't in any 100% secure place. And that was exactly what I said before we played this clip was you just tread lightly on everything. You have the entire world of potential and possibilities out there in front of you. So if any part of your reality becomes shattered, you weren't putting everything you had in that one solid belief system. And I think that just leaves this open potential and this, this interesting way to live our lives. But most people have had some sort of trusted philosophy or person or someone tell them the way that things have to be. And they have trouble really remaining in that state of potential possibility because to do that, they have to realize that a lot of those things that they weighed so heavily on don't dictate how life works out. They do. They are it. They are what determines what happens within their own reality. That's how it is. You are it. You are more than the ghost of you. You are more than the shell of what the world says you are. You are what you define you as. And I guess that's the purpose of this episode, that life can get so busy with us at certain times. We, we let the world drag us down, and therefore we never just define who it is that we are until we're purposeful in that. So if anything, whatever you take away from this episode, I hope that you are purposeful in your days going forward and you try and slow things down, even if it's for a few moments a day, 20 minutes, half an hour, you take that time, you sit in silence and whatever comes out of that, journal it and start to read those entries that might come out. And you'd be surprised at what sort of develops as this newer, truer version of you. And I'm going to leave you in a song from Soul Rising. This one's called Out of My Head from the album The Lo-Fi Sessions. So step into that silence once in a while in the upcoming days and weeks and try and figure out that truest version of you and what's beyond that ghost of you. And please remember, jump into whatever platform you're listening on and leave us a rating review. We'll be sure to read those reviews on the air, but anything that you can do to help spread the word about the show will help us reach the hearts and minds of that many more people. And I appreciate everything that you do to show up for yourself and to truly live this life. We'll see you next time. <laughs>